Welcome to Conversations at the Cohen Center, a podcast about the humanities and interdisciplinarity, produced by the Cohen Center for the Humanities at James Madison University. Welcome to Conversations at the Cohen Center. My name is Connor Allen, and today I am sitting down with Dr. Deborah Falk, Assistant Professor of Sociology at JMU. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Falk. Thank you. Uh, Just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about yourself. Sure. So my name is Dr. Deborah Falk. I am an assistant professor of sociology um, here at James Madison University. And I also have the pleasure of serving as the diversity, equity and inclusion faculty fellow with the graduate school. So I'm involved both in the sociology and anthropology department, um, but also have some some interest in DEI work um, within the graduate school. I research, teach and write about Um, race, higher education, and the Black family. And I'm currently working on a book project that explores how Black parents think about um, and approach decisions about where their children go to school. So I have a lot of interest in diversity, equity, inclusion from the higher educational standpoint, but also um, really passionate about families. Tell me a bit more about your work in sociology, anthropology, and um, diversity, equity, and, and inclusion. How did you get started and what are your research interests? How did you get started with that and what inspired you to have researched that? Sure. So I always tell the story of like growing up in a very rural town, much smaller than Harrisonburg. Actually, I always tell my students that where I'm from doesn't even have a target. So just so you have an idea, I'm from a very small town, a rural community in uh, South Carolina. And it was as a student in K through 12 schools that I started to recognize the differences between my family and other families. And so for all intents and purposes, I was very much so in a middle class family, but that comes to mean different things. And sociology has helped me to understand those. But back then I had no idea. Right. I just recognized that my friends were going on vacations and they had computers and they may have had multiple cars in the family all these kinds of things. And I realized that my family didn't have those things. And I wanted to know, like, what was that about? You know, was it the fact that I was growing up in a Black family? Or was it the fact that, you know, my parents were college educated, but they didn't have jobs that were, you know, prestigious, that brought in a lot of money? And so those were the very beginning of, like, asking questions about inequality. I consider myself an inequality scholar. I'm really interested in the differences between the quote-unquote haves and the have-nots. And so back then, I was really kind of trying to understand my own social location in the world and how I shaped up against other people. As I continued to ask those questions, sociology really was a home where I could understand that it wasn't just my family that was experiencing the consequences of inequality, but actually lots of families were. And sociology really gave me a language for understanding that, but also studying it. As an undergraduate student at Spelman College, which is a historically Black institution in Atlanta, Georgia, I started to learn the power of research. And I consider myself to be a scholar activist, which is someone who is working towards policy and social change, but uses research to better understand the problem. And I find that often... As sociologists, we are so intrigued by the problem that we don't really take the time to find solutions or work towards solutions. And so my interest in diversity, equity, and inclusion work is about, okay, I have the skills and the 
knowledge from a sociology standpoint to say like, here are the problems, here are the inequalities that we experience in our society. But being a diversity, equity, inclusion practitioner um, allows me to actually be able to do something about it, right? So in the graduate school, I work very closely with students, faculty, and staff from underrepresented backgrounds to understand their needs, but also to develop programming and support to enhance their experiences at JMU, right? And so my interest in DEI really came from a desire to do something about the things that I was both experiencing as a human, but also seeing in my classroom, seeing in the world, right? When I go out into the Harrisonburg community, what are the things that I experience as a community member? And then what can we do about it? What can we do about that? And so that's how my work in um, diversity, equity, inclusion kind of aligns with my research interests. My research interests are really just about like, what is the problem or what is the challenge or what is the reality? And my work in DEI is about what can I do about it? That's awesome that you're able to identify a problem and find a solution to it as well. I think all too often in higher academia, we really focus and dig in on the problem and what's wrong with our society. And I think we have sometimes trouble enacting change in our communities. So that's awesome that you're able to get involved and really dig in and find ways that you can solve these problems that um, you're seeing in your own life and in your students. Tell me about like your path from Spelman College to JMU. I'm, I'm really curious. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I tell people all the time that I kind of just like fell into Spelman. So again, as I mentioned, Spelman is a historically Black college, a women's institution, actually, and a liberal arts institution. And when I was looking for colleges, I was really interested in a small school. I wanted to be able to get to know my professors. I really wanted to be able to develop relationships with my peers. And I wanted to be able to, like, really be a part of social change and be a part of, you know, something bigger than myself. And so those are all the values that Spelman has really continued to foster and develop in me, even as an alum. And so after Spelman, I actually took some time off before going to graduate school. I ended up pursuing a PhD and um, a master's. Well, first my master's and then a PhD in sociology. I was really excited about sociology. So I have three degrees in sociology. And I went to The Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio. And when we think about place and, and, you know, how cultures, local cultures influence and make us who we are, Whereas Spelman like created commitment to community, I feel like my experience at Ohio State made me want to create community, right? So being at a larger institution, so JMU has about 20,000 students, Ohio State has 60,000 students. So much bigger, much larger, class sizes are bigger, you know, from an undergraduate standpoint, but also like the number of faculty that we had, right? I think we had I don't know how many, but so many more faculty sociologists to work with. And so there I really was trying to create community for other people um, and trying to bring people together because it was such a large place. And so I think that also was a place where my early interest in diversity, equity, inclusion work really started to really like nudge me. Uh, I really wanted to actually do something about people's experiences as students, right? and how we make those experiences the best that they can be. And then how do we empower people to go out to the world and take charge and make change in the ways that they see fit? So I started, you know, at a very small school, 
landed at a graduate school that was huge and then wanted to come back um, to a more smaller space. And so that's how I landed at GMU. I wanted to be in a place that had the resources and the kind of strength of a larger school, but had the like intimacy of a liberal arts space as well. So that's kind of how I landed here at GMU. I was looking for a space that was big enough, but small enough, if that makes sense. I'm really glad that you were able to use your knowledge and your skills and be able to foster a community and create a community, a smaller community there and bring that um, to James Madison University. Talk to me about the classes that you teach, how you would incorporate your research interests in what you teach, um, if you do incorporate them into what you teach. Yes, that's a great question, too. I'll answer it in a few ways from a very like factual standpoint. I teach a general education course called microsociology. Um, and those courses are the most diverse of all of my courses because students from all backgrounds academically come and take general education courses. So I have students from the business school, I have students from the humanities, students from the social sciences, students from education, health sciences, the list just really goes on. And that can really be like a really opportune space to introduce sociology to people who wouldn't otherwise come in contact with it. It makes it both interesting and challenging because people come with their own orientations to learning, the things that they're used to doing. And so really, um, I try to adapt and evolve throughout the semester to really encapsulate what students are already interested in. And I think that makes my work really interesting and fulfilling to do something new almost every class session. But I also teach courses that are much more closely aligned with my research interests. I teach a sociology of higher education course. And I also teach a course on the Black family. And those are really two things that I really am interested in and passionate about. So my sociology of higher education course approaches the course from the perspective of understanding that inequality shapes higher education and higher education shapes inequality. And so I help to provide a space for students to really problematize what it means to go to college, what it means to graduate from college, and what happens for people who never make it to college, right? What happens for people who drop out? What are the consequences of debt? How does race, class, and gender shape experiences on college campuses and the outcomes that we see? And then in my Black family course, which is like my favorite course that I'm teaching this upcoming spring, I take a more interdisciplinary approach to understanding the Black family. So in that case, it's not just about a sociological lens, but it's about Black studies, women, gender, and sexuality studies, psychology, and other disciplines that really can help us to understand the multifacetedness of what it means to be a Black family. We problematize, right, how we've defined a family more generally and how we recognize the, you know, changing boundaries on how we define family or experience family, right? There are some like positive things that we think of when we think of family, but we also recognize that that's not the reality for everyone. So we really have a good time in that class, just like experiencing the multiple experiences attached to family. So those are the three courses that I've taught so far at James Madison. I really do bring in people from all backgrounds as far as the readings that I assign. So diversity is really a part of kind of just the fabric of the courses. So I'm making sure to have women scholars, international scholars, scholars from various backgrounds, and we write about 
different ideas. So I make sure that students are exposed to a variety of thought. And then I also take a lot of care in designing the assignments that I assign students to recognize that students have a diversity of learning, learning practices. And so I try to apply that like knowledge to how I assign different tasks. So for example, in my higher education course, I have students working on a podcast, right? Which I really enjoy podcasts. And it's a way for students to take the knowledge that they're learning and apply it in a more like conversational and everyday way. Inequality is not something that we like just study and walk away from. It's something that we experience. And so it gives students the autonomy to create something that they're passionate about. They get to pick any topic. So even if we haven't covered it in class, they can pick their own topic. And so that's another way to like make sure the content that students are engaging with is diverse because if it comes from their own interest, you know, there's no limit on what we can learn. So some of those are some of the ways that I try to like combine like my interests, but also as an instructor, I really work intentionally to make my classes safe spaces and spaces that challenge myself as well as my students. That's awesome that you're able to attract students from all different disciplines because DEI affects everyone and they're going to experience it in life and their workplace. So how did you become involved with the JMU grad school and how do you apply diversity, equity and inclusion uh, within the graduate school community? Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to what I mentioned earlier about me really wanting to do something about the things that I experience, but also that I observe in the classroom and just out in the world. And so I saw this opportunity as a great place to continue some of the work that I already do. So as we mentioned, I'm really intentional about creating safe spaces, brave spaces, to have like difficult conversations, but to also feel included and to feel seen in my classroom. And I wanted to be able to do that at a broader scale. I was a graduate student at one point, and I know how challenging that process can be, can be rewarding as well. But there are times where the institutions miss the needs of unique groups. And so I wanted to be a bridge between students and the administration. And I thought that You know, being a faculty member, I'm a little bit closer to students' everyday experiences than perhaps administrators, but then also having an ability to be able to communicate the needs of students to administrators, I think is something that I do really well. So I was really excited about the chance to apply some of the things that I've been doing in my everyday work and profession to a more visible position to really advocate for the needs of students from all backgrounds, but in particular those from underrepresented backgrounds. So I was really excited about that opportunity. In that work, I'm really focusing on that idea of community building. I think we can't do anything without building a community and creating a culture where everybody is seen, heard, validated, and affirmed that their experiences are real and that the needs that they have are not too much to ask for. And so a lot of my work has just been about creating spaces for people to come together, to meet one another, to um, share and develop community. Um, and so for the past year or so, that's been the work that I've been doing. Obviously, there are more kind of structural things that I do. So I participate in diversity, equity, inclusion conversations with others in other schools and colleges on JMU's campus, right? So College of Arts and Letters, the folks on the science side of campus, right? Libraries, every unit on campus has their own diversity, equity, inclusion people or point persons. 
And so I participate in a lot of community conversations around things that people are experiencing in other spaces across the campus. And so we really come together to support one another. So sometimes this diversity, equity, inclusion work can be isolating and it can be exhausting, right? Because we, we, ha- we come to this work because we're passionate about it and because we want to see change. But sometimes because change is not overnight. And so it creates a space for us to have community. So while we're trying to create community, we also have community. So th- those are some of the things that I do as well. And that has made this work feel less isolating and I have support as well. And then I just show up to things as well. I just show up to on-campus events. Last academic year, I participated in the graduate school's graduation. And I think sometimes we we want a big something to do, but really all students need is to see that we support them. And so that's something that I do on a very like basic level, just showing up to their events, listening to them and asking how I can help. We do need community in order to make an impact, to make change, and also just to be able to uh, succeed and to thrive. And I think the graduate school is in a unique position because you have some people that are double dukes that come back and have people that they know that are still here, that are still in the community. And then you have people coming from all over the world to get their degree here. And you don't have the same like freshman onboarding experience, getting to know all these people that you would normally have um, as an undergraduate student. So I think your work is so important to the graduate school and um, to JMU in general. I wanted to really ask you is like, what do you think JMU is doing well with DEI and their DEI efforts? And what could the university and students um, improve on moving forward? What are some of your goals for the university as it um, concerns diversity, equity, and inclusion? Yeah, so I think what the university is doing really well is in diversifying the administration. So, for example, the dean of the graduate school is a Black woman. There are um, new hires in um, diversity, equity, inclusion work at, at all levels that are really working to improve the representation of people from all backgrounds. And I think they're doing really well in that regard. Creating positions across campus that are DEI specific is really important and also recognizing that individual colleges have a different diversity landscape, right? So we can't assume that the challenges that I'm experiencing um, in the graduate school apply to the College of Arts and Letters or the things that the College of Arts and Letters is really committed to are the same as the things that the university libraries is working on and vice versa. And so I think having someone who is advocating for the needs of all students, uh, faculty and staff with a DEI lens is where the university is really doing well. There are whole groups of people who are doing this work on the ground and who are really committed to making change and creating a, a better JMU. Something that I think that the university can continue to improve is at the student and staff level. So from the staff standpoint, there is a need for greater attention to their needs, right? So diversity and inclusion, when you think about, it's often like, how can we diversify our faculty or how can we diversify our student body? And staff get lost in the sauce. And it is really a unfortunate aspect of the work. And I think that the university can be more intentional about 
supporting staff and creating a space where they too feel like they're a part of the JMU community, that they have a valid voice. And there has been some progress. I know that there are various staff committees, staff needs committees and things of that nature. But I think a greater attention to what staff need um, and how we can support them is also really important. And then also, and, you know, as I mentioned, people talk about this all the time, but improving the diversity of the student body. I think that JMU has come a long way and they're being intentional through various programs about increasing the diversity of the student body, but we can always do better. And I think that the closer that JMU looks to the community around us, the Shenandoah Valley, to Harrisonburg, the better we will be, the stronger we will be, and perhaps the stronger our relationship will be with the local community. So I think that part is twofold, right? How do we bring students from the area to our campus and create a space where they want to be? And then how do we build stronger relationships with the Harrisonburg community such that it's not only a one-way relationship? I think that those two things can be a space where we can improve. So staff, but also like community building and diversifying the student body. Yes, I definitely agree with you. I think that the the community of Harrisonburg and the student body community can coexist as one community. We will always have um, improvements to make, but I'm glad that you think that there are still goals that we can reach in terms of diversity and inclusion, as well as things that we are continuing to work on in the university. What are some of your personal goals at JMU and how do you see yourself growing here within the sociology department, graduate school and beyond? Yeah. So I think like my goals are really about incorporating care and joy into what we do. I think that along with the points that I've raised about community, I think that community can look different. So depending on where you are, community might mean a different thing. And I think my goal and my mission at the university is to create spaces of care for one another, to recognize the humanity of ourselves, um, students, the faculty, staff, the community members. I think we have gotten away from caring for people as humans, right? Recognizing and seeing the humanity in one another. And so I just want to get to a space where we create spaces where we care for one another, where in some ways, you know, we love one another, right? And that seems very ambitious. And I recognize that people that might not resonate with everybody, but focusing on the language of care can really like open us up to being more kind and more intentional. And so I think what I do in my everyday work as a faculty member is really evidence of that. So I try to build in spaces for us to check in at the beginning of each class, right? Like, how are you doing, (laughs) right? This is a very basic level of recognition of someone's humanity is to ask them how they're doing and to not just accept them saying fine or okay or, you know, things have been better, but to really sit with what people are feeling. And I think on the heels of the pandemic, on the heels of the um, racial unrest and injustice that we are experiencing, continuing to experience, but certainly the summer of 2020 is forever in our minds. And I think recognizing that we have to care for people, we have to take care of people is something that I want like my legacy to be at the university, that I was a caring person, right? That I was kind to people, that I saw them and I created a space for them to see themselves. 
And so that's really like what I'm working towards to creating a community of care, which is not my own language. People have written about it, but that's really what I want to do. I, I see myself growing and being an advocate for joy, as I mentioned earlier, where it's not all about the outcome. Sometimes it's just about the experience. Like how can we make our experiences more joyful? How can we encourage people to smile and to laugh and to take time off and to rest, right? I'm really always on this thing of like, you should rest, right? You should take some time to be kind to yourself too, right? It's not only like what we do for others. I think we often get caught up in that as well. But what can we do for ourselves? I think that's the direction that I see myself growing to being more conscious of the human nature of the work that we're doing, right? We can't expect ourselves to continue to go and go and go without giving ourselves rest and without replenishing what we're putting out. And so I think that that's the direction that I want to go in the future where I'm always talking about it, always talking about rest, always talking about replenishing ourselves, And then reminding others that if we do that, then we can do our work so much better. I think that's really where I'm going in the next few years. I love that you take the time to check in with other people and ask them, how are you? And mean it. Caring about people in general, I think is something that can really strengthen a community. Um, And I think that this is the perfect place that you can apply these um, these values to. My last question for you is kind of a fun one. Um, What's your favorite (laughs) part about the JMU community and Harrisonburg? Yes. So I really love the food. I'm a big foodie. Uh, I I really love food. And I really appreciate how even though Harrisonburg is a small community, the food scene is quite, quite good. Um, So I have a lot of favorite places and I always try to support local businesses. I think that that's something that I kind of picked up while I was in graduate school, like wanting to give back to the community. And so I go to um, just as much as I go to like the chain chain restaurants or something, I try to go to the local restaurants. So there are a lot of them downtown. I'm a big fan of Cinnabare. They have some really good cinnamon rolls there. And I'm actually thinking about picking up some for my students next week. And I also really enjoy the nature, you know, the beauty of nature. So when I first moved here, I was so, I was so taken aback by just driving and then seeing mountains. I was asking myself like, what is that? And I forgot that there are mountains all around us. And so the nature has really been a refresher, a nice change of pace from, you know, being in the Midwest and and then being in the South before that. Um, So it's a nice, just like today is so sunny. And so um, I'm just like so um, fortunate to experience the nature and the beauty around here. So I go often to the Arboretum um, and just take a walk. It's a part of that like desire to check in with myself and to check in um, with how I'm feeling. So being out in nature actually helps me to do that, helps facilitate that. So I love that there are spaces for us to tap in with nature We do have a beautiful campus. So walking around campus is also a a great bright spot for me. So those are some of the things that I love, but the people too are really good people and make the experience so much better. I am connected to Harrisonburg High School through a mentorship program at JMU with undergraduate uh, women of color who mentor girls of color at Harrisonburg High School. And so that's a great space to meet other people outside of the JMU bubble, as folks have called it. I don't always call it that, but people do. 
And so like seeing seeing the next generation is also something that I love. And I love how there's so many young people in the area that are doing some really great things and that are really commit committed to making our, our lives better. And so I'm really hopeful by seeing those things. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you seem to really, really enjoy it here. I agree with you. The food is awesome <laughs> for a smaller town. Um, yes. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Conversations at the Cohen Center. Make sure to follow us at Instagram and Twitter at JMU Cohen Center. And be on the lookout for more conversations at the Cohen Center. Thank you.